On this Saturday cast, seven tools to help you create more margin and a new surprise project coming from me. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 411. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahofiak. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And this weekly show helps you discover leadership wisdom through insightful conversations. It's mostly a weekly show. Once in a while, I air a Saturday cast here, usually about once a month. And often the Saturday cast is a conversation with one of our listeners or Academy members about something they're doing fabulous in their leadership and hopefully inspiring us all to do more. And today I'm doing something a little different. So happy Saturday to you if you're listening to this uh, over the weekend. And regardless of when you're listening, um, this is going to be a little different than the normal Saturday cast, just me. And I'm actually going to get a little geeky on some technology and some tools. And I've also got an announcement at the end about something new I'm doing partially because of the tools I'll be talking about in this episode. And I think it's something that most of you will benefit from if you find it of interest. So um, I get asked a lot about the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, many of you are curious, like, how does how do you run coaching for leaders? Uh, what kind of systems and tools to use? Our academy members are often asking me when we get in one-on-one conversations, you know, how do you how do you make it work as far as organization and system and create margin and still have family time and all those other things. Uh, and so I've been planning for a bit to actually, in the midst of us us having changed a lot with the website in the last six months, but also a lot of our backend technology, I've been thinking about some of the tools we've been implementing that would be uh, really valuable for many of you. And so uh, one of my principles for utilizing technology Uh, is to automate the things that we can automate so we can spend more time doing the things we should never automate. And there's so much that is going on in the world right now. And you've heard some of those conversations here on the show, like from Cal Newport about digital minimalism and how technology has creeped into every area of our lives, both good and bad. And I think it's really incumbent upon all of us to be mindful on how we're using technology. Um, it's something we think about a lot in our business, and we think about it a lot in our household, not only with us, but also with our kids. And uh, when, are to- when, is- when are times that technology is really useful and helpful, and what are times that it is getting in the way of being intentional in our relationships and with people that we want to be. And uh, this episode's really designed to surface some of the tools that we found have been really helpful in helping us to do the things that autom- that that technology does really well, which is automation and doing the things that we don't have to spend the, as much time doing. Um, so we can spend more time doing things with our kids, spending time with clients, spending time in conversations that are things that um, I hope technology never replaces, and I don't think it ever will. I think uh, we're already seeing more and more conversation about people being really intentional about using technology for the things that it helps with and also setting aside the technology when it doesn't help. Now, uh, in this 
episode, I'm going to do my best to surface some of the tools that I think are going to be helpful to most of you, or at least the principles of them would be helpful to most of you. And and a lot of them are software tools because that's how technology emerges practically for most of us. I, I know some of you work for smaller and medium-sized firms, and some of you even work independently, and, and also some of you work for large enterprises. Um, and regardless of what kind of organization you work with, you also have your own personal technology. And in some cases, you're using your personal technology to do work. I know that's the case for us in a lot of cases. So I've done my best here to pull resources that I think will be helpful to many people, um, but also are uh, you could use the principles behind them even if you don't literally use these tools. And especially those of you who are working in larger firms or larger enterprises, um, you're obviously not going to be installing software, um, setting up new services without talking with your IT departments and all of those things that you need to be mindful of in a larger firm. Um, but that said, I think you can still, even if you find yourself in that situation, you can take some of the principles behind these tools and implement them, either utilizing the systems you already have, which you may not be utilizing fully, or um, taking some of the principles here and being able to apply them in a way that's going to be meaningful to you. So I've got seven tools on the list and then an announcement for you at the end on something new. So here's the seven tools. By the way, I'm going to be sending these out to everyone who gets our weekly leadership guide. So with the details, with the links, and I'll say more about that here in a bit. So let's just dive in on some of the tools that have been really helpful to us uh, in our business and keeping things moving with Coaching for Leaders and our larger business too. So uh, first and foremost, um, we love of online scheduling. Uh, that is something that has uh, become not only a luxury, but I would say even for Bonnie and I in our work has become almost a necessity, especially in this digital world where so many of us are working virtually. An online scheduling assistant helps a lot. It used to be it had to be a person doing that for you. Now, there are some fabulous pieces of software and services that are really powering this. And boy, have we tried a bunch of them. <laughs> um, in fact, those of you who have been longtime listeners have heard Bonnie and I make an occasional mention about some of the tools we've tried in the past. And I think partially this was because we've grown and partially it was because um, this technology wasn't super great at the beginning, but we always seem to run into obstacles with the tools we had used previously uh, years ago. Uh, one of the obstacles was it wouldn't work 100% of the time. It'd work 95% of the time, 89% of the time, but we'd always kind of have to check like, okay, did that actually get booked? Did it populate into the calendar? Um, but the other thing we ran into is the tools, some of the early tools we were using weren't really that powerful. They were simple and cheap in some cases, but they weren't really, um, they really didn't answer the question we needed them to answer for us. So what an online scheduling assistant um, should do for you is it should automate the process of the back and forth of two or more people trying to find a time together that's going to work to set up a time for a meeting. And for me and Bonnie, I know a lot of times we're just trying to find meeting times one-on-one -on -one with other people. And uh, in, our, in the case for both of us, oftentimes in different time zones too, where we're setting up conversations. Uh, an online scheduling assistant allows you to do that automated. And the one we have zeroed in on that has been rock solid for us is a service called Acuity Scheduling. Uh, what Acuity has allowed us to do is to set up their system, integrate it with our calendars, and allow people to then find times that are going to work for them and our calendars that we've blocked out and made available. The thing that I love about Acuity Scheduling is I get a lot of control over setting up 
uh, my schedule. I can make times available in my calendar every single week. I've got a um, I've got a template for every week that that happens. I set it up in my electronic calendar. I link it up with Acuity, and then um, I can send links to people for times that we want to connect. Um, I will send them a link for a conversation, and they can book a time in my calendar whenever they want to using Acuity. And it also integrates with Zoom, my favorite uh, online meeting tool. And so they go in there, set it up, book the time, it adjusts to their time zone, it syncs with mine, it sends both of us a link for what the Zoom meeting is going to be, it puts it into my Zoom account, it does all of it automatically. The only thing I ever see is I see a little email that comes in and says, hey, the time's been scheduled, that it's already put in my calendar, and I don't even have to think about it until the day that that meeting is showing up when I'm preparing for that conversation. Um, the other thing that it does really well is it integrates with other people. Bonnie and I, for example, have a, a studio where we do our uh, we do our show production, but we only have one studio. <laughs> we don't have multiple studios. And sometimes both of us are setting up times with guests to interview them for our various shows. And um, that get that started to get complicated with some of the tools we used before because we had this automated system. She'd book a time, I'd book a time, and we'd have two guests that were scheduled at the same time for different podcasts, and we only have one set of equipment. Um, what Acuity also allows us to do is to set up resources. So for example, the studio is a resource in our account. So if one person has booked it, the other person's system automatically avoids that time to schedule someone else for a similar kind of event. Uh, and those of you who run small uh, businesses uh, and or have conference rooms and resources that you need to coordinate as far as meeting times, um, enterprise clients already have that, of course. But um, a lot of small and medium-sized firms don't have tools for that. Acuity makes that super, super easy. So I can send out links to people. Um, it sends out reminders automatically a couple days before the set, uh, before the meeting. Um, people can automatically reschedule. I don't even need to get involved in that. Um, it sets. Uh, you can set up alerts. It can text people if they put in their mobile number and they want to get reminders, but they don't have to. It's up to them. Uh, you can set up groups. If you do one-on-one -on -one things where people are paying you, you can set that up. It's a really, really powerful system. Uh, it works well with Teams. If you haven't tried one, I would recommend Acuity Scheduling. And if you don't have the ability to use something like Acuity Scheduling because you're on an enterprise system or you already have a system like this, um, one of the things that I find that um, is helpful for all of us to do is to spend some time thinking about doing calendar templating. So this is the workaround if you're uh, in an ecosystem where you don't you're not able to use a tool like this um, is. Set some time thinking through what are the times that you are going to meet with people and what are the times that are, are not available during the day. And I know this isn't always possible to control, um, but in almost every scenario, when I've worked with someone on a calendar and their productivity, and they say, I don't have any control over my schedule at all because um, our executive team books meetings or our customers are always booking meetings, I, in, I can't think of a time. We haven't found a way to block at least a little bit of time in that person's calendar to give them some margin to have an hour or even a half hour a day to not have people schedule meetings or schedule calls. Because in a lot of the corporate systems, of course, people have access to your calendar. They can schedule things over there. And um, it, it's interesting to me how often people say, well, I don't have control of my calendar. People book meetings like crazy but have not gone in in advance, a couple weeks in advance, and blocked out times so people don't do that as much. And I know there's bad behavior out there, and some of that's always going to happen. Um, but 
spending a week or two in advance of doing some templating and blocking out your calendar can really make a big difference on how you are able to have a bit of control over your schedule. Even if it's a half hour a day or an hour a day, taking that time to set it aside and have a little bit of control is huge and it gets you to doing a little bit of that calendar management uh, like uh, you could do with Acuity. Now, um, another one that has been really a game changer for me in so many ways is a service called Text Expander. It originated on the Mac. Uh, it is now on PCs as well, so it works in all the different environments. I, when I first heard about Text Expander, by the way, uh, full disclosure, Text Expander, uh, we don't do sponsors on Coaching for Leaders, but Bonnie does um, uh, work with Text Expander as a sponsor on her show, Teaching in Higher Ed. So full disclosure that they are a sponsor of her show. What Text Expander is, is it is a it expands text. <laughs> and when I first heard about Text Expander, people kept telling me about this tool. Like, what on earth is this? I don't understand snippets. How does this work? So let me give you an example because I think that it 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 becomes clear if you've never used a tool like this how powerful it can be. Um, one of the things that many of you are uh, hear from me on each week is the weekly leadership guide that I send out every Wednesday. And something that people are often surprised to hear from me is that it only takes me about an hour a week to put that together. And a big part of that is because of the tools, and Text Expander is one of the biggest tools that I use for that. So um, when I start on that weekly leadership guide every, you know, sometimes it's Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday morning, just depends on the week, I will open up the document in the program that I do my writing, and I will type these letters, Z-C-F-L guide. And as soon as I finish the E in guide, those letters disappear on the screen, and the screen automatically populates out. Hello, here's your weekly leadership guide. It has the week's um, show, it has the show title, it has all of the headers, for those emails each week. It has all of the fields for me to type in. It has the thank you at the bottom. All of the things that stay the same on the template each week, it populates that in text automatically right away. So it saves me from having to go find the last one, copy and paste it, pull out all the things that weren't relevant, put in the things that are relevant. So it, it probably saves me five or 10 minutes every single week just by doing that. And then I go and pull all of the links and resources that I've been finding throughout the week, um, and I've been saving, and I save those today in a service called Instapaper. Um, and so I pull up that template, and then I just start populating things in. And usually in about an hour, um, I've powered through all that. I've written the introduction. Um, I've put in all those links. And because the templating is already done for me, I've automated something that I I, I don't have to rethink every time and uh, allows me then to spend more time putting together really good content that will be helpful to people. I use it for just about everything, our podcast episodes. Um, I use it actually with Acuity Scheduling because when someone sends me a request and says, hey, I want to set up 30 minutes for you, I have a link for Acuity Scheduling that's a 30-minute appointment. I have one that's a 60-minute appointment. I have one that's a 45-minute appointment. Depending on how much time we want to set up, I will type in Z call 40 on my keyboard and it'll automatically put in the link because I've already set all that up once. So Text Expander saves me a ton of time and and the the other cool thing they do now is you can set it up with a team. So Bonnie and I don't really have 
a lot of like customer service type emails that we need to reply to. I know people who have products and um, have a lot of customer service traffic often find Text Expander really helpful because they want their entire customer service team responding to a particular situation or an email a certain way. And sometimes those things change. And you can set up templates in Text Expander where if you want your team to respond in a particular way when a particular issue comes in from a customer or links change or how to resolve something, whoever has access to the Text Expander account can go in and change it in one place. And everyone on the team, then when they um, do those templated replies, uh, it automatically populates over. So pretty cool stuff. Check it out, Text Expander. I'll have a link in the guide that I'm sending over. Now, if you, for whatever reason, don't want to use Text Expander, can't use it, or you've got a different system, I would just, I would suggest just start templating things. If you haven't already done this, find the last time, if you find yourself doing something more than two or three times and it's pretty repetitive, or the template's the same, or there's a whole bunch of it that you're going to start with that's the same, but there's content that's going to change, whether it's an email, whether it's a presentation, whether it's customer service, find a way to start templating that. Um, create a Word document, create a Pages document, whatever you need to do. But the, the principle is figure it out once, template it, document it. And even if you have to go in and pull that document up and copy and paste it over manually, that's certainly a lot better than recreating something every time. And if you are doing that with the team, you create a shared folder or shared space on the server or wherever, so people all have access to that and you dedicate everyone to using that, um, that's a good practice to use regardless of whether you can use the technology from Text Expander specifically or not. Now, another resource that has been a game changer for Bonnie and I, and we've been using this one for years, is a service called 1Password. It also started on the Mac, but it's now available on Mac and PC and Windows and everywhere else. It is password management. Um, it used to be that password management was kind of like a cool luxury thing that you know was kind of uh, something I think like you know the geeky people would do. Now. I don't know how people survive without using a password manager, not only from a security standpoint, but from a but just from a organization standpoint. I just looked in one password here before I started. I have 668 different logins for accounts of various things that I have on the internet. Uh, some of it's mine, some of it's money, some of the things we share. Uh, I, how do you keep track of all those passwords? Well, the, the reality is, is a lot of people use the same password and the same login at all 668 places. I don't think I'm alone by that. Uh, my number may be a little higher than most of you, but many of us, and when we think about all your bank accounts, all of the things for school, for kids, um, all of the services you have to log into, um, uh, there, I mean, just on a personal level, forget the work stuff. On a personal level, there's hundreds of things that I, on a somewhat regular basis, need to get into, even if it's only once or twice a year, in order to uh, to get account access. And, and you hear all these stories of um, companies getting their servers hacked and all of the information that's getting out there these days um, to people on the dark web. I just think it's irresponsible not to consider using a password manager these days so you can have unique passwords on every site that you visit. Because the way that the bad guys do this is they find your login and your one password that you use at you know whatever random site you're on, and then they try it lots of other places. They try it at the banking sites, which is the place you really don't want someone to get into. So a password manager 
really helps you to create strong, unique passwords on every site. Um, the great thing about 1Password is it also works with two-factor authentication. I know some of you have that set up in accounts. We do on every account we can. That's practical to do so. So you not only need your username and password, but for like banking accounts, we have a two-factor authentication where you have to have your phone with you and have the app, so you have the code you also have to put in. Um, the great thing about 1Password is all that's built in, so you can have just one app. You don't have to go download all those other authenticator apps or have text messages coming and all those other things. So check it out. Uh, we use it as a family. We've got a family membership, so Bonnie and I don't have to like text each other passwords, which also is like horribly insecure, or email passwords to each other, or email passwords to family members or friends or colleagues. Um, I just I'm mm, I'm horrified sometimes when I see like emails with people's uh, passwords back and forth, or people sending credit card numbers over email. It's just not secure, and one password really makes all of those things secure, so you can be able to share relevant information not only for families and for teams. So if your organization does not have a good system for that, or perhaps if you're running the organization, you don't have a good system for that, or even personally, one password, absolutely one to check out. All right, so uh, another system that we've put in place in the last year that has been huge for us is a customer relationship management system. Pipedrive, and I really love Pipedrive. Um, I've, by the way, tried. I've been in various sales organizations over the years um, and worked with customers using different systems, and I've seen so many of them. And there are some really, really fabulous enterprise-level sales systems out there. Salesforce is the best known, of course. Um, but for a lot of organizations and small teams and individuals, you know, something like that is is overkill. It's just too complex and too expensive uh, for use. Um, and and then there's the opposite, right? Is people don't use anything at all, like I wasn't for a while because I had gotten so frustrated with the complexity of so many of the systems. Uh, Pipedrive really kind of meets it in the middle of the road for me. It's it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty simple system. It's also really powerful. One of the things I really love about Pipedrive is it's similar a little bit to Trello for those of you who have used Trello for. And I know a lot of people use it for productivity and kind of tracking ideas and tracking workflows of having little cards that you can move along and you can see the status of different things. Pipedrive is like that for relationships when it comes to business. So um, one of the things that I use it for extensively is when we are doing a call for Academy members, which we do typically twice a year, um, that has become really complicated because there's so many people who respond and we get a lot of applications and it's dozens and dozens and dozens of people I'm having conversations with on a daily basis. Um, Pipedrive has made that all visual. So I can have a record for someone. I can see exactly where they are in the process. I can see if they've applied. I can see if uh, I've had a conversation with them. I can see um, you know, what decision I've made as far as next steps with them or not. Um, and it's a workflow and the cards can be visually moved over and it just works so beautifully. Uh, it's visual. I can send emails to people and I can blind carbon copy it into Pipedrive. So I can then go into there and I can look at the history of our entire conversations and all the records. So if you're looking for a customer relationship management system and you haven't found one you liked and uh, and your business doesn't already have one, I think Pipedrive is certainly a great place to uh, to check out. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about email. <laughs> um, email is a love-hate thing for, I think, many of us in a lot of days. It's a hate thing because we all get overwhelmed by it. And there's a lot of folks out there from a business and marketing standpoint who have signaled the death of email many times, that it's not going to be the platform going forward, that people are going to start to communicate other ways. And that may happen at some point. Um, but we're like, what, I don't know, 25 years in on email now, 
And there's no signs, at least presently, that it's going to be slowing down anytime soon, primarily because every account in the world you do, all the things I just mentioned, uh, their accounts are still tied to email. So email for most of us and in most organizations and most industries is still the default communication method of choice. And it also means that if you're an organization that is trying to reach customers, if you're trying to get your brand's name out there, um, if you are trying to do fundraising, uh, if you are doing anything that you need people or want people to act on, email is still the best way to do it. And as much as we all complain about getting too much email, and, uh, and as overwhelming as it can be, it is still by far and away uh, the best way to engage people and to build a business and to build your brand and to um, and to communicate effectively. So the that's why most organizations have a really strong email marketing system, and they rely on that to keep in touch with people. I really try to be very, very mindful about respecting the space in everyone's inbox. Um, for our members and all the things that um, that we communicate out of doing that as in a limited way as possible, but also making that a very value add, but also giving people choices. And that's why we have in the last year moved to a service called ConvertKit um, that has allowed us to give uh, our listeners a lot more choice on the kind of email that they get. So here's an example of that. Um, for a long time, when people had set up a free membership on our website, I'd promise the audio course, the 10 ways to empower the people you lead. It's still the audio course that we make available to everyone when they start up their free membership and is inside the membership. And um, what I would do is I would have our system at the time send one of those a day to everyone who signed up. Well, um, I know that some people don't want that. And yet the system didn't allow me to adjust for people. I, I didn't have any way of saying, well, you know, if we send this out to certain people, how do they, how do the people get it who want it? But how do the people who not get it, not get it um, without unsubscribing? And anyway, it, it just didn't give us a lot of choices. And so um, today we have a choice with ConvertKit. For example, when someone sets up a free membership on our website now, um, rather than just sending them a whole bunch of emails with those those daily audio courses, the email says, hey, um, do you want to binge on the course now? Here's the link. Go get it all right away. Would you like an email once a day over the next 10 days where we kind of send it out to you piece by piece? If you do, click this button. And what ConvertKit allows us to do is to give people choices about the communications they get from us. Because the last thing I want to have happen is people to get a bunch of emails emails from me or from our organization that they don't want. Um, we also are really mindful about this when we uh, open up the academy twice a year. Um, people get a few emails from me, and many of you have, uh, announcing the academy and what we're offering with academy memberships. And um, and I know there's a group of people who listen to our show that the academy is not right for, for all kinds of reasons, either funding or timing or interest or all kinds of various other reasons. And so one of the things I do now with ConvertKit is we put at the bottom of all those emails and say, hey, if this isn't right for you, but you still want to get the weekly guides, click this button and you'll and we'll pull you off it. And now we do. We have a whole database of folks that say, hey, I don't want to hear about the academy, but I still want to get the weekly leadership guides. I still want to know other things that are going on. I still want to get messages. And ConvertKit gives us the opportunity to do that. It's not a system for large enterprises. Uh, large enterprises have their own systems. But even if you're in a large enterprise, I would really uh, implore you to think about 
customizing your emails that are going out to teams and to customers, giving people choices on what they receive from you or what they don't. Um, Because if you do that, you're going to get people more engaged. And yeah, you're going to have people who are going to say no. But ultimately, you don't want people getting emails from you and communications who don't want them. I don't want people getting emails from us that aren't going to read them, right? For all kinds of reasons. I don't want to be annoying. Uh, Also, most email services, you have to pay more if you have more people on your list. The last thing you want to have is people who are on an email list for your organization that aren't reading uh, the messages because you're just wasting everyone's time and money. So um, being really intentional about that is huge for us now. And ConvertKit has really allowed us to align that intention with the technology behind it. So it's a great one to check out. Uh, If you're using a system that doesn't allow for that, or if you're looking for a good system for a small, medium-sized organization, I think ConvertKit is absolutely a way to look. Speaking of email, on a personal level, SaneBox has been a game changer for me in a lot of ways. Uh, SaneBox is a service that integrates with your existing email account almost anywhere. It's scary how good it is. Um, It's not on your computer. It's a cloud service. Um, And and mail rules, for example, are nice, but a lot of times they only work on the device you're on because SaneBox is a cloud service. It can filter through things. So um, I probably get, I don't know, when I get down to my office in the morning, I probably have 20 or 30 emails that have come in uh, overnight uh, from people in various places in the world. And um, usually only Three or four of them show up in my inbox because SaneBox has already determined based on my email activity, who I respond to, which emails I read quickly. Um, it's put the most important ones in the inbox and it's put the rest of them in a later folder. And it really helps me to filter my email and process things quicker. Um, it doesn't remove the realities of email, of course, but it helps me to prioritize what's most important. So emails from um, family members, from our academy members, from people I do business with regularly, those come to my inbox right away or people I respond to often. Emails that are just more informational things or marketing stuff, that goes in my later box. And, and I don't have to sit and spend time filtering through that when I get and sit down at my computer first thing in the day, um, the system does that for me. And it also has really cool things like you can, when you send an email to someone, you can blind carbon copy SaneBox and say, hey, uh, you know, set up a one-week alert. If I haven't heard back from this person, remind me to email them again. Um, so it's got some really cool features for that. Um, and there's, by the way, if you can't use something like SaneBox, there's lots of ways to set up rules. In most email systems, Outlook, whatever system you're using, um, you can set up lots of different rules to do automatic filtering. Yes, it takes time. Yeah, sometimes you got to call up the IT person to show you how to do it or spend some time reading online. But an hour or two of setting up some really good rules to filter out the weekly report that you get every week that you need to have in your inbox, but you're never actually going to open and read unless someone asks you about it. Setting up a rule for that and spending a couple minutes to do that is going to save you a lot of time in the long run. SaneBox automates a ton of that stuff. It's really great. Um, I recommend it highly. And then finally, uh, some of you who've been longtime listeners <laughs> will recall there's been times where our website has gone down because we've had a whole bunch of traffic. Um, so side note here, uh, one of my favorite emails to get these days is uh, when an organization or service that we pay money to um, reaches out and says, hey, uh, you have too much traffic or too much bandwidth. You owe us more money. Uh, That is a wonderful problem to have. Uh, Thank you for the privilege to have that problem. We have crashed a few websites over the years. And in some cases, we had a situation a year or two ago where the Coaching for Leader site was down for a day or two because we had an issue with (laughs) too many people, a good problem to have again, too many people hitting the podcast and 
And uh, anyway, long story short, we've been able to, over the last several months, really upgrade all of our backend technology as the platform has grown. As more and more of you have listened to the show, uh, we've put in some really great systems now. Um, and now our, uh, our our site is built on WordPress. Uh, we've had a fabulous redesign uh, that is going to make it easier for you to navigate. And the whole site is now hosted on WP Engine. They're the leader in managed WordPress hosting, and it's made it really, really seamless now for all of us to have access and to be able to get in the site, use the resources. I know so many of you use the free membership and are searching all the podcasts by topics. And now we've got a system that's just really solid and ensures that it's always up and running. So um, all of those things cost us money every month. We invest in them because they save us time. They save me time. They allow us to spend more time on the things that should never be automated. Uh, And by the way, speaking of money, most of you know that we don't do sponsorships or third-party advertising here on Coaching for Leaders. Last year, 96% of the revenue that came into the business was memberships in our academy. That means, uh, for me, I'm answering to you, our members especially, not to outside organizations. One of the things we do occasionally do, though, is set up affiliates with things that we use and recommend. And longtime listeners know that those little asterisks on the links on our site, uh, behind links, rather, are affiliate links. And for those of you who aren't familiar with how that works, affiliates online mean that we recommend something. And if someone uses one of those links, the organization or the service pays a small percentage of that purchase amount to us at no additional cost to the person who purchases it. So we use this mostly with books for the authors we have on the show. So uh, normally it's just a tiny amount since books are pretty cheap. Last year, it was only 4% of the revenue of our business entirely. Um, But even though it's a small percentage, it's a really meaningful number to me because it represents the support of all of you, our listening community. So if you ever have used one of those links, thank you so much for supporting us on that. I so appreciate it. Um, And we have had affiliate relationships for a while with most of the things I've mentioned today. And in some cases, um, we've been able to set up some discounts for our listening community. So I'll be listing out all the things that I mentioned in the show notes. Um, I'll also send them out uh, over in a message uh, over the weekend here via email to everyone who gets our weekly leadership guides. So if you decide to check out one of those services, check out those links for a discount and an opportunity to support the show. It all goes right back into the systems that support the free membership and the show production. Thanks a ton in advance if you do either. Now, If you're going to start using a tool like the ones we've talked about today, the whole point of it is that it frees up your time. It's not the technology. It's not about the cool, geeky stuff it can do. I mean, that's fun and it's exciting, uh, but it's really about freeing up time. And one of the things that I have heard from folks, speaking of time, is um, to hear on our surveys, especially. In fact, we just sent out one this week. And thank you, all of you who have already responded to that. Um, one of the things I've heard is uh, people say, hey, I want to hear more from you, me, Dave. <laughs> I want to hear more of your thinking on some of these things. You're so good at getting other people's wisdom out there, but I want to hear more from you. And by the way, could you do it in a really short format? Um, and I've also been thinking about that uh, over the last uh, six months or so. I've actually wanted to do more writing and thinking about creating some of my own messages. Um, I, you know, I, I think I do a pretty good job of reflecting uh, the wisdom of others out there, um, but I don't necessarily always share my own thoughts on things. And people say, hey, I'd like to hear that from you. So I don't have a very good business reason <laughs> 
for doing this or doing something new because being busy enough is not a problem currently. Um, But just for fun, I have started an experiment. I've started a new project. A few of you with eagle eyes on the website and on LinkedIn have already discovered it. It's a new project I've called Dave's Journal. And yes, it is a new podcast. It's different than Coaching for Leaders. Coaching for Leaders is all about conversations. Uh, It is virtually never what you're hearing right now, ironically. It is about getting people to come to this space every week who have uh, some great wisdom in a particular area or some expertise or researchers or are successful leaders in their own rights who have something that they can tell us that'll help us to lead better. And it's really important to have an in-depth conversation to surface a lot of that wisdom. Um, but that's not going to be what the new podcast is about. It's just that Dave's Journal is just going to be me and a mic, no one else. The other thing that's different is coaching for leaders is usually about 35 to 40 minutes. That's the time that works really well for conversations. And, and every time we send out a survey, some of you say, eh, I'd like the show to be shorter. Some of you say, I want it to be longer. For the vast majority of folks, um, the 35 to 40 minute time frame works really well. It also works great for me. I think that's a really good time to get to what we want to do, which is to have really insightful conversations with people who have something to teach us about leadership. That said, uh, there's also a time and a place to do something shorter. And so the journal, uh, the new podcast is going to be less than five minutes each episode because it's just going to be one thought versus having a conversation. Uh, The other thing that's different, coaching for leaders, strict schedule, right? Every Monday, um, the journal might be, (laughs) I don't know, I'm experimenting. Uh, Right now, it's on a weekly schedule, but I might do a little more than that. I might do a little less than that. Might skip a week here or there. It's an experiment. I'm having a little bit of fun with it. Um, It's been going a few weeks already, and uh, so I'll find my groove as time goes on. Um, So that's a little different. Coaching for leaders will always be the center of my work. And as such, we've made a long-term investment to keep the show going strong for many years. And with the new Dave's Journal, I, I don't know, it may or may not continue. It depends on if you find it useful and if I'm having fun with it. So so there, that's it. Check it out. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear. And all you need to do is just uh, go on to whatever podcast app you use or iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to the show and just uh, search for Dave's Journal and you'll pull it up pretty easily. Or just watch for the email that I'll be sending out this weekend and I'll put links to all the major services there so you can check out the new show and uh, love to hear what you think. Thank you so much as always for your continued support of Coaching for Leaders, my work, and also all of you who have shared so many wonderful success stories, uh, uh, gratitude, and also all the wonderful input many of you have given on the recent listener survey. It's so helpful to me and I'm grateful for each one of you to have the privilege to do this work. Thank you. And I'll see you on Monday for our very next conversation coming up. Take care, everyone.